Hey, brother, there's an endless road to rediscover. Hey, sister, know the water's sweet, but blood is thicker. Oh, the sky. Welcome to the Reformed Brotherhood. Brothers don't shake hands. Brothers gotta hug. I'm Tony. And I'm Jesse. Brother? I'm going to have a brother? I've always dreamed about having a brother. If you'd like to join our brotherhood, you can join our Facebook group. You can email us at reformbrotherhood at gmail.com, or you can find us on Twitter at reformbrohood. You can also subscribe and rate us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or anywhere else podcasts are found. Hey, brother. Hey, brother. Hey, brother-in-law. Hey, brother. Hey, brother. Hey, other brother. Hello. Oh, who do we have here? My name is Matt Butts. Matt Butts. Matt Butts. Where Where are you at? You got You got a different accent. Than I'm me. in Alabama, Roll Tide. Alabama. Matt, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Well, uh, my last name is Butts, so I've had a plethora of nicknames throughout my life. Some of the Some of those I can't actually say on your podcast. <laughs> Uh, but, uh, I've got a story, um, maybe if it's not appropriate, you can edit it out. Uh, but when I, Oh, you should definitely tell it. Uh, okay. Yes. When I was in eighth grade, um, I, me and a buddy of mine were out shooting for some fireworks in the woods. And, uh, cause that's what you do in Alabama when you're in eighth grade, you just go in the woods and blow things up. Uh, so, uh, we're out there and you know, when you gotta go, you gotta go. Well, I had to go, so I went, and, you know, there's leaves, so you grab leaves. Well, I grabbed the wrong leaves. It was it was poison oak, so they called me Itchy Butts for, like, the rest of the school year. Oh, no. That this, sounds like it would be a bad day. Dude, dude, look, this story has all my favorite <laughs> elements, blowing up stuff, being in the woods, going to the bathroom, and leaves. Let me put this into perspective for you. Um Please. I was saved on June 12th, 2007. Um, I was in the passenger seat of a Honda Civic, and I was thrown through the passenger side window at 120 miles an hour, hit in midair by uh, a Dodge Ram, thrown against a guardrail. The, the car rolled back over me. My right leg was six inches shorter than my left one because a femur broke in three places. Lost half my blood, almost died. They airlifted me to the hospital, had to was in a wheelchair for four months, had to learn how to walk again. I, I mean, I was saved in the lifelight helicopter. And still, I don't think there was as bad of an experience as the Itchy Butts episode of my life. <laughs> I'm going to start calling you Itchy Butts. Uh, that, that's fine. I, I'm, I'm cool with that. But oh, That is an incredible story. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't even imagine. That's like the first thing they teach you in Minnesota when you're going out into the woods is like, you may use any leaf in the woods except this. I wasn't looking, man. I was just, I was just trying to cover up for my friends came over, but, but anyways, in all seriousness, um, I'm a pretty busy guy. I am a, uh, I got my undergrad at level college of the new Orleans Baptist theological seminary. Uh, very non-Calvinistic there actually became a Calvinist, uh, there, which is just another, show of the sovereignty of God. So um, now I have a wife, uh, two small children. I am, I work full time. Kelly's a stay-at-home mom. 
and I'm a seminary student. I take martial arts, and I'm active in my church. I host a podcast called The Reformed Outlook. Uh, you can find that on iTunes or any other podcast catcher. We got a blog too. It's uh, reformedoutlook.com. We just got a, a bit of a facelift on the website. Thank you to uh, Kiefer Likens for that. And yeah, man, just uh, stay really, really busy, but but rolling on along. Man, you sound like you've got more to do than there are hours in the day. <laughs> and I'm telling you, like, I, I go to work at, at uh, 7.30 in the morning. That's, it's a 45-minute drive to work. And uh, Mondays and Thursday nights, I'm at martial arts until 9, which is in Hoover, which is 45 minutes away. And then uh, Tuesday nights, 5.30 to 7.30 in seminary class, which is 45 minutes away. And then Wednesday nights, we've got small group. So really, uh, and, and we record the podcast every other Friday night. So uh, it's, it, it's pretty, uh, pretty, a pretty dense schedule, I should say. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's something that we all kind of struggle with because, you know, I'm kind of in the same boat in a lot of ways. You know, I, I live in a, a part of the country where everything is kind of far away. So even to drive to work in the morning is, you know, a good 35, 40 minute drive. And, um, you know, there's responsibilities at home. There's chores to do. There's I, I don't have kids. But there's a small puppy who demands a lot of attention, um, you know, trying to read a little bit. It's, it's funny how something as simple as like sitting down and reading for 15 or 20 minutes is just about impossible oh, yeah. to make happen sometimes. So um, what about you, Jesse? Are you a pretty busy guy? Uh, well, I, not compared to you guys, I feel like I, you guys are all <laughs> Renaissance men. I'm just hanging out, like kicking it back in a deck chair. But yeah, I think everybody feels that just the sense of there's more to do than there are hours in the day. And it seems like even if you feel like you've got a good handle on things, that the things that you have to do will just somehow expand miraculously to fit the time in which you have. So there's always a struggle of, man, managing time is rough. Yeah, and that's, I mean, that's what we're talking about tonight. So to kind of try to tie in a little bit with last week, um, last week we talked about Jonathan Edwards' resolutions, and he's got one here that just sort of encapsulates, I think, um, something that should be an objective for all of us. And it's number five, and he says, resolved never to lose one moment of time, but improve it the most profitable way I possibly can. So tonight we're talking about time management, and maybe uh, we'll talk a little bit about like some practical things, some theory uh, but maybe try to give you some t- tips and tricks that different people here have picked up. So, Matt, you have to study a lot, obviously, in seminary. Where, where do you go to seminary? I go to Birmingham Theological Seminary. It's actually uh, ground zero of where the uh, PCA, PCUSA split was at Briarwood Presbyterian Ooh. Church. So, Ooh, PCUSA. Yeah. Wow. Is there like a monument there? Uh, there should be. No, but it's a huge church. Um, so yeah, that's just a bit of history there. Uh, like it's, it's a really cool seminary. I really like it. It's, um, yeah, it's cool. So what, what kind of things do you do to try to try to balance your schedule? So obviously like there's different priorities in your life. There's different things that are important to you. Um, you know, what, what are some practical ways that you're able to sort of balance everything out? When I was an interim youth minister at a uh, Baptist church, my pastor gave me a piece of advice, which has been so valuable 
and just gold. And I, I've, I've clung to that. Basically, he said, imagine you're juggling. Okay, and I know it's a silly image to, to think of, but you're juggling balls, okay? And you got to drop one. Okay, first off, you have to pick which balls you juggle. So for me, it's um, work, family, seminary, martial arts, podcast. And I'm juggling all these balls. You have to figure out which ones you can let drop. So for me, it's, okay, if things are getting crazy, things are getting hectic, um, we're going to skip a night of martial arts this week. Um, but we're not going to skip sewing to my family. That, that's, that's a ball that can't drop. My church, that's a ball that can't drop. Work, of course, we've got to eat. That's a ball that can't drop. So it's identifying those balls and saying, okay, which ones do we never let hit the ground no matter what, and which ones can hit the ground from time to time and we'll be okay. So uh, between that and, um, and, and intentionally scheduling time for rest, uh, like intentionally schedule a nap, <laughs> for a Saturday, like add nothing to your calendar because you're going to take a nap from 12 to three, uh, that kind of thing, because you've got to get rest too. If you're really, really busy, if you neglect rest, um, then you're messing up. Yeah, I think that's really important. Um, you know, I've, I've told people before, one of the most important lessons that I learned in college was that you can't do everything. Right. So, you know, learning, learning that, um, sometimes you're going to have to not turn in an assignment. You've got three assignments that are due and each one's going to take you two hours and you've only got four hours and making a decision as to which assignment is going to have to take the, you know, take the penalty or is you're just going to get a zero on, um, and being okay with that was really a valuable lesson for me. Um, That's hard. And actually, I'm reminded of a scripture that I, I didn't think of at first when we were talking about this topic. But it's in Matthew 6 when um, Christ is talking about not being anxious. And he says um, towards the end, he says, Seek the first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. And I, I guess, you know, Christ is, is basically saying there not to... Um, not to worry about tomorrow's problems today, but to focus on today's problems. And in the grand scheme of things, recognize that the Lord is sovereign, and so you don't need to be anxious about what's coming. But I think in a lot of ways, it also applies to what we're talking about, is that there are times where you just have to make a decision about what your priorities are going to be for the moment, and not not stress out too much about what that's going to have for an impact for tomorrow. Amen. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Which is really good wisdom, and it, that stuff definitely comes through. Uh, I'm reminded that even just with what you guys have said so far, that we only have to deal with this time management issue because we are caused beings. Like I think of God being an uncaused being, and time management is just like a, a non-issue. So because we're caused, because we're consequential, and because we're contingent, we have to wrestle with other causes in our lives. And, you know, people often say, like, God's not going to give you more than you can handle, which is, in, at least in my estimation, like, totally not biblical. Like, God routinely gives you more than you can handle in so much as he can prove himself glorious and well-equipped to help you through those things. But that often means, like Matt has already said, setting priorities, which is hard to do and something that a lot of people just try to keep all the balls in the air. And then what happens is all or three of them drop or and then it's just a disaster. 
So being able to actually not only trust in the Lord, but sit down and process the priorities that he's given you to do is something that I think is really important for us to think well, about. Well, you just shot so far over my head that I think that you entered Blunt County airspace, but I'm just going to smile and <laughs> nod and act like I'm just as smart as you guys. How about that? <laughs> you sell yourself short, Matt. Uh, for real. Plus, I don't even understand those county references. Like, I grew up... So here's what's crazy. This is a total, like, rabbit trail real quick, but I grew up in New Hampshire where there was, like, three counties, and now I live in Pennsylvania where there's, like, 64,000 counties. And people will be like, oh, you know where that place is. It's in like Bucks County or like, you know, Burdenhand County. I have no idea what people are talking about. I love that there's a county called Burdenhand. Burdenhand. There, there might be. I'm, I'm sure people are screaming out loud right now listening to this because I'm sure there's not. But there's there's just so many I can't even – I don't have time to remember. Speaking of time management, that's a ball I'm going to let drop every day of the week and twice on Sunday is Memorizing which counties you're in. See, yeah. in Minnesota, it's important for you to know which county you're in because when they do tornado warnings, they announce the tornado warnings by which county it is. Yep. Oh, that's so if, up. if you get you – know, you, you watch the thing and it says tornado warning for Hennepin County and you're like – I don't know where Hennepin County is, and then all of a sudden there's a tornado. You're like, I guess I'm in Hennepin. Basically, County. yes. So you learn you learn which county. At the very least, you learn which county you're in in order to prevent getting sucked up. And, by and see, here in Bama, we are we are tornado experts. Uh, we uh, know what to do when the uh, when the uh, twist spinnies come along. So um, yeah, first off, you have to know your polygon, respect the polygon. Wow, that's well said. And know if you are within the polygon. We, our local meteorologist, has more Twitter followers than any other local meteorologist <laughs> ever. His name is James Spann, and this guy is on point. Whenever you see him roll up his sleeves, it means that stuff is getting real. So, yeah. wow, yeah. Uh, when there's tornadoes down there, we had a discussion about this on the podcast before. When there's tornadoes down there, do people go indoors or do they go outside to watch? It depends. I mean, okay, if I'm in uh, the la- the last tornadoes, big tornadoes we had was uh, the ones that went through Tuscaloosa um, back in uh, 2012, I believe, and that 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 was a that was a huge one. It just, I mean, terrible. So um, I was in Gardendale at my parents' house because we don't have a garage or a basement, uh, so we were there and there was a tornado coming through in the neighboring town in Fultondale. So I'm like, okay, it's not exactly here. So I went outside and I got my camera and I was, you know, kind of chunking beer cans up into the sky to see if they had, no, I didn't do that. Uh, but, <laughs> but I mean, it, it just depends if you're kind of in the safe zone, then you want to go outside and see it. But if, if it's a little too close for comfort, you just uh, hunker down, put on put on your football helmet, and get in the bathtub, and uh, just bend over, and yeah, basically, yeah. Just hope, just hope that it doesn't hit you. That's it. Well, we we could fill the rest of this podcast with all of the follow up questions that are in my mind right yes. now, just yeah. from that story. <laughs> I, I'm wondering why why you're wearing a like why you're in the bathtub, but then I remember in Alabama you probably don't have basements, do you? Well, I mean, it's not like people in Alabama. There's, there's no regulation against basements in Alabama. It's just that we ain't got one. Um, we got a crawl. Well, yeah, but usually we have a crawl space. Usually, isn't it that the water the water table is too? In most parts of Alabama, the water table is too high for a ba- basement. Well, there, Do I remember? Did I make that up? Well, or? 
No, I mean, number one, my table stays pretty dry most of the time. Um, but uh, as far as, uh, I, I don't know, man. I mean, I know a lot of people with basements and garages and things like that. So I, I think that, uh, I, I don't think you're right there. But I could be, I mean, I'm not wrong. You're wrong. We'll just leave it at that. Yo, brother, if, you got to get yourself a basement so you can stop bending over in the tub. I know, seriously, myth busted. <laughs> so we are we are exemplifying how not to manage time right now. <laughs> yeah, this, this is great. This is great. Also, it's the first time I've ever said out loud, "You should get a basement and stop bending over in the tub." Uh, no. well, yes, well, with your football. What, what we're planning on doing once we uh, once we get money. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's, yeah, okay. Um, anyways, once we can save up the money, we're going to, we're going to dig a hole in the backyard cause we got a pretty big backyard, put one of them, uh, put one of them, uh, life preserver units down in there so we can just kind of crawl down in there. Think about Twister. You remember when they open up the, the, the doors and then everybody's going down and then the dad gets sucked away, but everybody else lives. We're going to live because we're going to get down there. Uh, so yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. But you're the dad. So you're not, you're going to get sucked away. I'm, I'm going to make sure all my babies are okay. And my wife's okay. And there you go. And then, uh, and then get down there if I can. But if not, solely day of glory, I'll go out in a blaze of glory. I got a skin board, man. So I'm going to have that with me just in case. So that, <laughs> so that somebody's going to look up with a camera and just see me on a red skin board, just flying through a tornado, baby. I don't, I don't think that's how it works, but <laughs> I would like to see that as long as you don't die. Yeah. Listen, the man's a tornado expert. He knows <laughs> if he can fly through it, he can make it happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Praise yeah. God. So Amen. why don't we, uh, why don't we try to give some real practical kinds of pointers and tips? So Jesse, what do you think, um, what kind of things do you think we should add to the list of, I don't want to call them like gimmicks, but like tips and tricks as to how do we how do we best manage our time and maximize it so honestly i think that and this is going to sound a little bit trite but i think the best thing we can do is try to think about what it means to manage time uh, biblically so time no doubt is like our most precious commodity so just like i think we should treat it in many ways like we treat or approach money and the first way that we approach money is, is understanding that it's a gift from God, that all the resources we have from God. So this, again, it sounds trite, but this whole idea of David focusing on numbering our days is tremendous because what he's focusing on is this attitude that everything moves fast. Life comes at you fast and it goes away very quickly. So I think that what that forces us to do is think first and foremost about our priorities. Like if both of our, both our work and our leisure time is sanctified because God has given it to us, both for his glory and for our good, then that means we should both appreciate both and then sit down and try to say, where is God moving me to do the most good in my family, in my relationships, in my church? Where is he giving me the primary responsibilities and and to put first things first? So that's kind of like an ambiguous answer. But I think sitting down and actually trying to measure that out or just being thoughtful about it is kind of like the cornerstone to building the foundation for all other ways, like no matter what kind of applications you use or how you use the internet or where or, where or how frequently you check your email, all those things for me are symptomatic of somebody who said, I want to do the most good possible for the glory of God. And I'm going to be really thoughtful about that. Does that make sense to you guys? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think, I, I think um, one of the things that a lot of people don't do is they don't really think about like what their broader priorities are. Yeah, and if sure. you, you know, if you set, if you sit down and take 15 minutes um, 
at some point and kind of write out like in real broad categories what your like big top level priorities are. And then as you make decisions throughout the day about how you're going to spend your time, you think about, well, does this move me towards one of those priorities or does it does it not move me towards one of those priorities? I think that that activity in itself really goes a long way towards time management. So, for example, if, you know, if one of my priorities is, um, you know, grow in my faith and then one is um, advanced in my career and one might be, um, you know, become a better husband. Those those big three things, which are all, all good things and they're not necessarily competing with each other and they all probably kind of interweave. But when I sit down at, you know, at my desk and I'm sitting there trying to figure out what am I going to do first in my work day? Well, the thing that I'm going to do first is going to be a decision that if it moves me towards one of those goals, then I know it's the right thing to do. But if my decision that I'm going to make moves me away from one of those goals, or maybe just doesn't move me towards any of those goals at all, then that's not really a good way to use my time because I'm not I'm not being productive towards those things that I've already said are important. And we waste so much time with little things here and there that just don't they don't do anything. They just kind of go off into the nothing and they don't, they don't accomplish anything. Absolutely. Uh, but you know, as an introvert, uh, I, I've realized the importance also of downtime, um, of, of rest, of just sitting back and watching a movie. Um, because if you're, you know, what Tony was saying about priorities and moving toward those goals, that's, that's such a good thing. And, and that should be where most of our time is spent. But if we don't let ourselves recharge, uh, if we don't just sit down like a pile of goo in the recliner with your family and just watch a movie or just go do something that you enjoy, go shoot a gun, go do something. Then, you know, it, it comes to a point in time to where we can just be stretched so thin that you know tensions get get high and i've been there i don't want to go there again like i'll be honest man like yesterday we scheduled a do nothing day and it was fantastic and i feel so recharged from that um so so yeah there's a balance there uh i believe what do you think jesse you had me at the way that you said goo I was I was told I was goo in your hands at that moment. Like that was both both charming and encapsulating. Yeah, we've talked about that before. This idea that like Christians because again, both things are sanctified, like work is sanctified, but God makes rest sanctified, which is really unique and different, even from like philosophy other philosophies and other religions. So what we have is this idea that like you and I, like all of us, we're not helpful to to the church if we're just burnt out, like totally burnt out. We are not helpful to God's people. So we need to have that time set aside um, for rest in a manner in which we find it rejuvenating. So right. that could be movie watching or reading or shooting guns for that matter. Maybe I need to shoot more guns. That could be why I feel so stressed. Come on down here. I'll put you on one. <laughs> I'll do it. I feel like uh, I feel like the NSA is honing in. <laughs> I have some cool guns, man. I really do. Yeah, and I think too, like, you know, I don't want to be misunderstood to say that, like, moving towards one of those priorities means not taking time to rest. Sure. Because, you know, God tells us, you know, we, we joke around a lot about the Sabbatarian stuff and we make fun of, we make fun of Les and Tanner. And, um, 
it, me and Matt, as admins in the Reform Pub Facebook group, we make fun of Les and Tanner even more than we do on the show. <laughs> and but but God built rest. You know, he he built the universe in such a way where not only is it productive for us to rest, but it's morally necessary for us to rest. Right. It's a part of who we are. It's built into our very nature and it reflects God's goodness that we have to rest. So, you know, like I took a nap with my wife this afternoon. Well, she took a nap. I played video games on my tablet while she took a nap. But appreciate that, you sh- appreciate you sharing that with me. Yeah, but that downtime <laughs> Yeah, took a net with your sister, we think. Yeah. That downtime, though, moving right along, that downtime is really important. That downtime is really valuable. For sure. No, I, that totally makes sense. Jesse, and, and if how, you think that's weird, just remember that we were taking a nap in your parents' old bedroom. Ooh, yeah, this this man. just great, this just gets better. Mom, I'm sorry. So here's, here's the thing that I love about this, though, and it's not that you were napping with my sister. <laughs> it's that... Per se, but it's, it's that like we, we serve and have such a loving God who gave us and endorses rest. I love that actually that you said it that way. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And he even models that for us in the, in the, uh, creation narrative, because I mean, think about it. God didn't get tired. (laughs) You know what? It's not like God was like, I'm spent, but he, but he modeled that for us in, uh, resting on the seventh day. Uh, so it, it is important. It's not something that's optional. It's something that God said, no, you need this. It, look, I, I'm even going to do this as, as a model, as an example. So, so yeah. And there's and like, think- he does that as both an example for like the physical means of rest, as you're saying, but like ontologically, like here is the one who, who will provide ultimate rest. Yeah. The one provides rest for the soul, oh, yeah. spiritual nourishment and fulfillment. Um, yeah, I think, I think that that's like, just, I can't find any kind of like equal or parody to that in the other part of life. Uh, and, and Tony, like, I, I like what you're saying. I, so I'm, I trying to be very driven as meticulous as I can be. And what I like about what you were saying about identifying is I think every person, so we know that every person is given, every Christian is given a certain set of skills and abilities, which the Holy Spirit has enabled to serve the community of the church, the body of Jesus Christ himself in its manifestation on the earth. And so I think that we do ourselves a disservice when we don't do what you said, which was sit down and think through some of those things, which you feel like you've been called to do, put them on paper, put them on the internet, put them on like a list, and then start to build your to-dos or manage your time around those things. But until you're really thoughtful about that, I think what happens is sometimes we, we tend to flounder because we focus on too many things. We spread ourselves too thin. We say yes to more than we should. I, I've learned, especially over the last several years, that sometimes like the most spiritual thing we can do is say, no, thank you uh, to like pursue our calling and not just like everything that we're good at. Uh, I don't know how you guys are, are at that, but I'm awful at that. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty bad at saying no, especially when it comes to church things. And, you know, you and I have talked in the past and you, you know, just as much as I do that, you know, being part of a small church, there's just a limited number of hands to do the work. And um, sometimes you have to say no in order to be able to say yes to something later. Sure. I I can't think of a specific example, but sometimes you just have to say, you know what, I really just can't take on another aspect of of this ministry at this point. Because if I do, then I'm going to be so exhausted that I can't keep up with the things I've already committed to. And I can't be open to the other things that might suit my skills better in the future. (laughs) I say no 
all the time. And then sometimes I do, like, I'm a no person. It's like, I don't know if you've heard that song by Megan Trainer. No, no. So, so like, I do that, like, a lot. And then Kelly's like, yes, you are. So, like, okay, I am. But here are my conditions. Uh, so, yeah, I, I should probably be more of a yes person than I am. But uh, I basically, a lot of that stuff... Uh, Kelly is is a lot better uh, organizer on that kind of thing than I am, so I just you know she'll tell me, hey, we're doing this this point in time, we're doing that that point in time, and I'll say, okay, because if you left it up to me, we just wouldn't. So <laughs> that's terrible, but uh. no, it's not. Like I think actually you might be my hero now because I need, if you could just like if I could just direct like requests to you, that would be much better because it strikes me that there's. There's something beautiful and loving in the way that God uh, kind of pushes us into manage this. Like, it seems almost ridiculous that we should have to have a conversation about, like, how we manage our responsibilities in, like, the family of Christ. Like, doing the things that are serving. Like, if anything in life, uh, that should seem like it should come, like, the easiest and with the least amount of effort and be, like, the most straightforward. And yet... You know, sometimes in my life, those are the things that cause them the most amount of stress. And I realize that I suppose he gives it to us as a means of grace in a strange way for us to sort out that line between what is healthy and what is unhealthy and everywhere in between where we're taking spiritual risks, like faith-filled risks, that we're trusting in him to provide the energy and the effort and the resources. And that all the while, we're also trying to delineate where is too much? Like, where is unhealthy? Where is the, the sweet spot where I can serve like... Warren Buffett, like the great millionaire, has this quote like that you want to do something where you want to like tap dance your way to work because that's how much you love it. And where is like that sweet spot where we're like in the pocket, we're in the groove with serving in the church and in our families and doing our work well. And man, that is hard for me to figure out. Yeah. And I think that's that's also, you know, we should recognize, you know, Genesis three happens, the fall happens and you know, women are cursed with increased pain in childbirth and men are cursed with um, an increase in their labor and and their labors will not produce fruit the way they did before the fall. And I, I think, you know, this this time crunch that everyone feels is a part of that, is that no matter how hard we work, we can never accomplish and never bring mm -hmm. to fruition what we want to and what we feel we should. And I think sometimes just coming to terms with that limitation um, is really helpful in terms of managing the time we have. Because I think, you know, sometimes you, you get into college and I remember in college, there was times, you know, where you you do these all nighter study sessions. And I got to seminary and, you know, I, I hear my friends complaining about, oh, I just don't have time to study. I don't have time to study. I, I had to pull this all nighter. And I'm thinking, I went to bed at 930 last night. And what changed for me was I would listen to them and then I would ask them what they were doing with the rest of their time. And it was, well, I had to do this. I wanted to do that. I was doing this in my church. I was doing this. You know, I went and served this in the community. I had lunch with this person. I went to coffee with this person. And sometimes it's just a matter of saying, you know what, you need to just thin things out a little bit. You've got a plate. Your plate is too full and you need to get rid of some stuff. Um, and, and I think we just need to make good decisions and you know, understand that we are limited. We can't do everything. We can't accomplish everything. Yeah, and I want to go back to uh, the really good point you made about what happened in the fall. You know, uh, after the fall, toil was was introduced into work. I mean, it was 
th- there was no toil before, but but now there is, and so there, there's you know just to kind of oh that goes into some of the work that we do, uh, and and there really is because work in and of itself is not a bad thing. It's a very good thing. It's a gift from God. It is, it is a way to glorify God in what we do. So, you know, I, I guess that's one of the hard things for me too is is how to how to manage the toil because I'll be honest, man, you, you know, there there's lots of times I go into work and I'm just like I don't want to be here. I don't want to be here. I want to be anywhere else. Uh <laughs> and and I you know, that's not really glorifying to God. So, it, it it's a struggle, man, and I can't say I figured that out because obviously I haven't. Um, what do you guys have to say to that? The toil is real, man. <laughs> it is real. It is. It is. Yeah, I, I wake up every Sunday and I'm excited to go to church and I'm excited to study the scriptures and everything. But somewhere around like one thirty in the afternoon, I'm like, oh man, I got to get up and go to work tomorrow. And he, I used to think that it was mostly about like, I've got to get up and go to work. But I wake up at the same time on the weekends that I do during the week. And there really is something about like going to, especially like at the stage in life that I think most, you know, I'm at and most of our listeners are probably at where you're working just to pay bills and then all your money goes to pay bills and then you have to work more just to pay the bills. And it's like this cycle. And I think, you know, we just have to sort of recognize that that work has to be and we've talked about it before. Um, what was it, episode two, Jesse, I think, on yeah, I think uh, so. work and vocation. So if you're if you're listening, go back and listen to that if, if you're feeling that, because I think God has a lot to say about our work and, and work can really be a great thing. Um, you just have to kind of get your mind around what it is that, you know, that God is trying to do in your life through having you work in a vocation. Right on. Yeah, I, lo- I love that point about like Adam messing this up for us. With the Adam and Eve both messing up, but Adam in particular with consuming the fruit and bringing in the toil. Because now I just want to be like, come on, man. Yeah. Like the like it's almost like I'm willing to like bear with other things except for like that. I got to deal with the toil every day. Yeah. I really appreciate that. Thanks so much. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I just I, I feel like in our conversation here, I haven't made fun of Tony enough. <laughs> well, by I all means, that please. You look like a bearded turtle. I look like a bearded turtle? Wearing a pair of headphones. Nobody can see you because it's a podcast, but I see you and I know. I I love you. I like Jesse more, but I love you. (laughs) If that makes sense. I just want you to know that if I wanted to, I could actually revoke your admin privileges, and it would be a little while before anybody realized. See, it. ouch! See, I don't. It's true. Number that cuts deep. <laughs> Let me say this: um, you know, of, of the jabbing and the ribbing of anything that goes on, I think that me and Tony probably um, throw out the "I hate you." Not, not "I hate you." Um, yeah, I think we've said that, but uh, the uh, the the ribbing. <laughs> back and forth and you know i've gotten to see a different side of tony i can't say that i like him better i can probably say <laughs> that i like him less but i, I know knowing. this is so touching I know this him is real, more. I'm, I'm really touched by what's it, happening it, right if here. that makes sense i know him more 
So, uh, yes. Uh, thank you, Tony. And uh, just try to revoke those admin privileges, you jerk bag. <laughs> it's going to be a race to who can get to Facebook fastest. <laughs> Seeing as I have no broadband internet here, it's probably going to be you. It, it probably is. So let's, uh, we got probably another 15 or 20 minutes in the show here. Let's try to make this real practical. So um, I'll start. So one of the most um, impactful things that I've really started doing is kind of meticulously using my calendar. And it seems like such a little thing to like put my work day on the calendar, but Google Calendar actually is really useful, especially if you use it on the Android device, because you can actually program in goals and things you want to do on a regular basis. And it will find times for you uh, around the other stuff you have scheduled. Oh, wow. So if you have all of your commitments in the calendar and you say, well, I want to I want to write for my blog and that's going to take me 30 minutes and I want to do it three times a week. It will actually slot spaces into your calendar. And if you schedule something on top of it, it will move that to somewhere else in the week. So for me, that's just been a really helpful, um, easy to use application. Um, that's helped me really kind of like when I know that I want to accomplish something, but I don't necessarily know the best time to do it during the day. It just kind of helps me find that. So what about you guys? Do you guys have any sort of like tips or tricks or practical apps or things like that, that you use that help with this? I use, uh, the standard, uh, Apple iPhone, iCal, I guess that's what you call it app. Uh, and I mean that, that, that helps me. I mean, just scheduling off big blocks and things like that. I mean, I don't, I don't schedule when I write for the blog. I just kind of do it when I can. I just fit it in those creases. Um, but I do schedule when, uh, we do a podcast episode. So, um, it, it's hard, you know, there's certain things like my reading, I'm reading, um, lads book. I, I forget the name of it for uh class this semester. And, you know, I'll just, uh, there'll be times I, I don't necessarily put it on a calendar, but I will set my alarm for, uh, I usually wake up at 4.45 in the morning. I'll set it for 3.45 in the morning and, and get an hour's worth of reading in. Uh, oh, sweet mother. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, so uh, it, it's stuff like that. So a lot of that stuff's kind of fluid. Uh, basically, the, the balls that I'm juggling that that can not necessarily drop but but be caught lower i guess um so yeah that that's basically how i do it but 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 big things like the most important things um are in the calendar and i'll know nothing else goes on that day what about you jesse so i think that productivity or like managing time can can be an idol and i'll be honest there are times i think it's come dangerously close that way for me so there's like a lot i've been I'm always really interested in like doing more and being more practical in my approach so two things i that's been super helpful to me the first is because i work in finance i have this really strong bias toward the understanding that you cannot manage what you cannot measure in fact, there's this really great quote from this like uh, dude who was this old English dude, Lord Calvin, who said, when you cannot measure it, your knowledge of it is meager and of an unsatisfactory kind. And I feel that same way I feel about money as I do about, about time. So all I said, the first thing that's been super helpful to me, and this is going to sound crazy, is take like a short period of time, like a week, and literally write down everything that you do. So as you're going through your day, write down how much time you spent like checking email hanging out on Facebook, like just looking at texts, whatever. 
so that at the end of that week, you have a better idea of how you actually spend your time. So you can actually make decisions because maybe like you guys have been saying, there are places where you can cut or maybe you're like, this is my, I need to put a fence or a hedge in Christian language, I guess the hedge around like this particular thing to protect it because that's my relaxing time. That's the time where I recharge. So that's the first thing is just get a sense for what you're doing with your, I pray time. over Jesse, the hedge of time protection. <laughs> <laughs> I, I received that. And yeah, I, I call dominion over yes. that. Um, you have to cast out the time wasting demons. That's it. Oh my gosh. There, those guys are all over me. Um, and the second thing would be, although this sounds a little bit cheesy is, um, I want to recommend uh, Tim Challey's Do More Better book uh, because that it's it's a slender volume, but man, is it not only like packed full of like just general things, like here's some applications you could use to help you manage your time, but he of all the people in the fewest amount of words I've ever read does the best job of linking together Christian philosophy and time management in such a way that you read it and you're like, dang, like there's no separation with that. Like I totally see the line drawn all the way through that. And I think that's like biblical exegesis of time management done really well. So I can't recommend his, his book enough. Even if you're like, yeah, I kind of get this or yeah, maybe it's practical knowledge or yeah, it's obvious. It's rehearsing that in your mind in such a way that I think you'll, you'll read it and you'll be like, man, I just want to run through a wall and destroy all the tasks that are ahead of me in a way that gives God glory and helps others. Yeah, and if you want to get a free copy of Tim Challey's book, Do More Better, we actually have a free giveaway code for uh, Audible. It's audible.com slash uh, – wait, Audible – I do this wrong every week. So Audible good. Trial. so good at this. Audible hates us. Audibletrial.com slash uh, brother, Reform Brotherhood. Uh, I'll put a link in the show notes. But uh, you can do a free trial of Audible, and you can get uh, Do More Better by Tim Challies. You can also get uh, Crazy Busy by Kevin DeYoung is another book. So good. Uh, which is less about, like, practical tips. Um, I think Do More Better is more about, like, actual strategies, where Crazy, Crazy Busy is much more of a theological book about busyness and, like, why we need to eliminate busyness. So if you want to do that trial, uh, head over to the website. There'll be a link there, and you can check out either one of those books for free. Sweet. So Matt, if you had to, if you had to rate that beautiful segue in a scale of <laughs> one to five, with five being the most smooth thing, like smooth operator style, where would you rate that? Well, it, it's a bit different for me because I'm seeing video of both of you, and Tony. <sighs> Yes, I mean, he delivered the proper information, but he's... Re no, he didn't. <laughs> Listen to me. I couldn't even remember the address. Uh, but but you ended up delivering it, but you are repulsive to view. <laughs> you oh are gosh. not just turtle-like, but ugly turtle-like. Yes, yes. I wish that everyone could see what I... No, I don't wish that everyone could see what I'm seeing now. Jesse, God bless you, my brother. I just, you know, <laughs> thank you. I'm going to use that code. I will use that code and try to separate it from the image seared into my mind of Tony <laughs> delivering the information about it. But yes. Wow. Here's one of the things that I've already grown to appreciate about you, Matt, and that is you can read anything you want to me, and I would love it. <laughs> <laughs> I can actually... Um, the first part of, I had to learn the first part of the Canterbury Tales in Old English for uh, my senior English class and learned it like an hour before I was supposed to recite it. 
And I still remember it. Would you, would you like to hear that? I can't see any reason why this is not the appropriate place and time to do this. <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm just saying. So, one that April with the shorter suta, the root of March hath pierced to the ruta, and bothered every vine and switched the core of virtue and ginger it is the floor. When Zephira Sika with the sweet debrita, his spirit hath in every holt and hita, the tenre crapes and the young sonne hath in the crop his course erane. How you like wow. that? How you like them apples? Uh, I would like you to shift gears and read Song of Songs to Jesse. If you <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes, but but here's the thing. Slowly. Slowly. And then I'll turn the bass up on the recording. Let's awesome. get it on. So he, here's what's interesting <laughs> that certainly binds okay, our hearts. I'm done. I'm done. Is that uh, I also had to memorize that, but your version is way better. Oh, did you really? Yeah, for real. But seriously, I'm impressed that you remember not only remembered that, but like your pronunciation, I think is like right oh, on. Oh man, I appreciate that. Uh, that's first. I also wish there was kind of like a beat behind that because it <laughs> did have like some cadence. <laughs> uh, that's first time anybody said I pronounced pronounced anything right. So that was glorious. Yeah. All I could hear when you were doing that was Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> I don't know why. What? <laughs> Misa read the Canterbury Tales. What? All right, listen. Can can somebody listening to this please in like Jar Jar Binks speak? Do that whole like introduction to Canterbury Tales. That would be epic. Has nobody done that yet? It hurts. Okay, I don't think anybody has ever even thought to do that. So uh, that that could be a thing. Uh, that we will put it on the show if someone does it. Yeah, for real. It'll be a special I, I, release. Oh, I will listen to that a bu- a bunch of times. I, I yeah. That would be absolutely incredible. Like I'm, I actually don't even know what to say about that. Uh, uh, that's beautiful. That 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 is beautiful. Um, yeah, roll Todd. D- do you know? Do you know the Canterbury Tales, uh, Tony? I do not. No, I I have no no frame of reference it, for what just it, happened. It's funny because Chaucer, Jeffrey Chaucer. I know. I mean, I know what the Canterbury Tales are, but I've never <laughs> read the Canterbury Tales. It's funny because uh, uh, when I was in high school, I, I'll never forget this. The the wife of Bath is one of the characters in uh, the Canterbury Tales, and one of her signature um, uh, features was a huge gap in her teeth. And there was a girl in our class that had a huge gap in her teeth. <laughs> so that's <laughs> yeah. Okay, you know what? I don't feel sorry. My last name is Butts. Okay, so if you want me to like cry the tears for like people who get made fun of, like that's not going to happen because that's true. It's like being a boy named Sue. You either get tough or die. That's true. That's true. Can we, Tony, can we get uh, Jeffrey Chaucer's Canterbury Tales on <laughs> audible.com? Uh, I don't know. I would imagine probably. I would rather just have Matt record it. And all yes, that's what I'm saying. I'll do it. It's old enough that it should be in the public domain. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll do it. Um, all right. Well, we should probably move towards a resolution here. So why don't we each uh, hit one more practical tip for uh, time management and then we can wrap things up. Yeah, so here's what I'm curious from you guys. I would love to, because we're so, I know you guys are particularly technolo- technologically minded, if I can get that out of my mouth. I, the, the, really, Matt's sweet butter-like accent has melted me in so many ways. <laughs> I, can't, I can't even speak anymore. Like, I really didn't anticipate when we started this podcast that Chaucer was going to drop into my, my ears, but I'm just like, I should just go to bed now. But um Here's, here's what I'm wondering, like, do you guys have any like applications, tools and tips, like technological pieces of things that have been like particularly helpful to you in managing your time besides the stuff we've already spoken about? Hmm. Go ahead, Matt. 
No, I'm getting put on the spot here. Um, well, it, it, it's basically because whenever I'm doing something, I'm like 100% all in, like in what I'm doing, whether it be certain aspects of work or whether it be studying. I, I, I have a tendency to um, just just zone in on exactly what I'm doing so that I do it really well. Um, so what... I don't know if you guys have smart watches or not. And and this might seem just completely out in left field, but it's not for me. Um, I have an Apple watch, which reminds me, okay, this is what you're doing here. Stop doing this. Because if, if I've got something going on, I, I'm the kind of person that if I open up a textbook or if I open up Calvin or I, if I open up whatever, I will sit there forever until something distracts me away from it. So it it's basically limiting the time on something that I, I I'm doing and sticking to that. So, um, you know, I've got a smartwatch, I've got an Apple watch. So if, if, if time's expiring there or whatever, or if it's time to go get ready for work or time to do whatever, it's going to buzz and it's going to say, okay, stop it, go do something else. So, you know, I don't really know how many other people are wired like that. If, anybody else is really wired like that but but that works for me uh if we're talking technology i like it yeah and um i'll i'll make a recommendation that is actually kind of the opposite in some ways of what matt just said there's an app uh for ipad um called leo l-e-i-o and it's a reading tracking uh program and what it does is it um, you enter a book, how many pages it is, and then you read and it times you as you read. And what it does is it basically tracks how many pages per minute and then it helps you plan out. You can tell it like I want to finish this book by this day and I want to read on these days and it will tell you how many pages you need to read per day. So it really helps you plan things out. So that's probably more useful for a student. But I know for me, I have book reviews that I'm trying to get done. And just sometimes if I don't have a deadline for when I want to finish a book or a project, it, the deadline just becomes forever and it never gets done. So that helps me to add some artificial um, deadlines and then also helps me to manage the time that I'm using to read. And then it, it'll update dynamically. So if I miss a day, um, you know, that's usually not enough to change the amount of pages per day unless you're missing a bunch of days. But if I miss a day or I don't read for a week, it'll automatically update my reading sessions as I go and give me reminders and things like that. Awesome. And I'm going to recommend uh, for like in terms of application is Wonderlist, W-U-N-D-E-R-L-I-S-T. And that's both as a totally integrated application and all it is is kind of like a glorified to-do list. But the great thing about it is you can structure it the way that you like. So as we just talked about, if you were able to sit down and kind of compartmentalize some serious responsibilities in your life, like church, family, uh, personal spiritual growth, uh, I think this is something that Tim Challies talks about in his book. You can create those kind of lists and then create tasks under there with due dates and you can share those. So this goes as far as for, and this may sound like totally lame, but this is something that's super helpful in my life is my wife and I share the grocery list on Wonder, on Wonderlist. So like this quintessential problem of like, did somebody say that we need more peanut butter or like, like there was this longest period of time, like we had no napkins in our house. Like we were just wiping our mouths and whatever we could find. Um, and so we decided like we need to create a list where we can put all the stuff that we need to keep it simple, straightforward, and like as effortless as possible. So mom Wonder heard you list say that on the podcast and she's like smashing around the kitchen. <laughs> right 
come on, come on down. My mother is come on, horrified. Come on down to Bama. Slaves work just fine. Why why do I feel like Alabama is like a a foreign country to me right now? Like there's guns, fireworks, people are wiping their butts with poison ivy, swipe our mouths and whatever we want. Is that really all that different than New Hampshire though, Jesse? Guns, fireworks. I don't know. It's not all that I, different. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I guess that's that's true. I guess it depends on like what kind of environment. Um, I mean, I kind of grew up rural too. Which the rural yeah. life is the great life. It I mean, is. It's 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 great. Talk I, about time management. I, I, In some ways, that forces you into your own time. I've management. never been to Yank. Yeah. I've never been to Yanktown. Um, so I mean, <laughs> I, I, I've been. I, well, I've been to Seattle, which was as you know as close to Yank as I've ever been. Uh, but I, I've I've never been to Boston where you lose your khakis. I don't know. Did, did you lose your pants or did you lose your car keys? I have no <laughs> idea. People love that. So here's the pressing question everybody wants to know. Like, where is the Yankee territory? Where is that line, man? Well, um, I would... North of wherever Matt happens to be. <laughs> <laughs> it, well, it, it's it's a little bit weird because, uh, like, take Florida, for example. The the farther south, the, the more Yank you get. So Florida is Florida's a weird animal, but I would say north of Kentucky um, and west of, ah, I would even say Mississippi because Texas has got some Yanks too. Oh, wow. Uh, they've got some. Now, wow. now that's, where it's, that's where it starts getting, um, you know, a little mixed in Texas, I would say. But I would say uh, Mississippi – over to uh, parts of Georgia because, you know, there's parts of Georgia that's, that's pretty yank um, and north of Kentucky. So, you know, they call South Carolina the South, and I just, man, I don't get that. I mean, maybe maybe they are. I, I've never been there. But, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm in the deep south. I'm, I'm where it's at. So here's what we're going to do the next time we have you on the podcast. This is going to be great listening for everybody. We're just going to pull up a map, right, of the U.S., and then we're going to do this like like uh, fantasy, like sports draft style. We're just going to divide that sucker up, yeah, <laughs> figure we'll out call which it, is the we'll real south, yank, yank or no yank. <laughs> yeah, which is like the Yankee territory because it, it seems like it can, yeah, it can even be like state specific. So it, I mean, I need to be educated. I mean, I mean, it could. You know, you talk about sports. We only know one sport down here. That's college football, Alabama, Roll Tide. We did lose the national championship. But when you play in so many, it's bound to happen at some time. You know, at some point, <laughs> you're bound, you're bound to lose It's weird. Money. It's like Matt's whole head just took up the whole screen for a second there. <sighs> well, it's evidently yeah. as if, like, the, the Google Hangouts, which we're using now to see each other, like, somehow knew that the, the importance of the subject demanded that his face be given priority. You know what? Over Here, here's our the thing, and, and and that's another reason. You know, I include martial arts into my time management, into my into the things that I do. Is that three years ago I was 155 pounds soaking wet, and I weighed at the doctor the other day, and I'm 196. So I'm I'm turning wow. I'm turning into the Michelin man. So you know I'm I, I'm 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 not as big as Tony, but I, you know I'm. I'm getting there, man. I so I've got to counteract that, and I got to do something that I like to do. You know, I can't just go to the gym. That's boring. It's too much like work. So, I go where I can beat people up and throw people. So, 
Uh. On that note, <laughs> so uh, we'll, we'll wrap up for the evening. I'm going to go cry myself to sleep. I'm just, but, I'm just uh, kidding. Tony. Head on over to iTunes. Check out uh, check out Matt's show, The Reformed Outlook, uh, and also rate and review us on uh, iTunes would be extremely helpful. Matt, do you have any uh, closing words of wisdom that don't in, uh, involve insulting me? <laughs> Closing words of wisdom. Uh, yeah, number one, I just want to say thank you guys for having me on. This has been a blast. This is this has been so much fun. Um, uh, number two, I want to say know what your priorities are because it's so easy to justify um, um, skimping out on on things that are important. Uh, mm. it, it's you can justify anything in your head. You really can, and you know I did that for a long time. But the the most important things your your family your church, um, other things can come and go, uh, but your family is, you know, the way God designed it, you get one of those and your kids are going to grow up and, and every single day, everything you do influences the way your kids grow up and every single day, everything that you do influences the way, uh, your, your relationship with your wife is. And I would say, so to that, make that a priority. You know, it, it's so easy to say, well, I'm out working because I'm, I'm feeding you guys and that's enough. It's not enough. Like, like be the husband the scripture has called you to be. And if you have to find another job, find another job. Uh, even though that, that is an important ball you juggle, your family is, 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 is huge. So, so there and, and and make sure that your your time management uh definitely includes that as a huge priority amen thanks for hanging awesome. out matt mm-hmm. yeah it's been a real blast yeah man we'll have to have you back next time so i can make fun of you for, <laughs> <laughs> for sure <laughs> that works all right well we will uh we'll see you next week everyone uh, what if i'm fine?